Welcome to the Cardboard Herald Reviews, where we give you audio versions of our game reviews, then go behind the scenes of our creative process. The Lord of the Rings The Card Game, designed by Nate French, published by Fantasy Flight Games, 45 to 60 minutes, 1 to 2 players, 3 to 4 with 2 base sets. Review written by Jack Eddy and published on the Cardboard Herald November 10th, 2016. I love The Lord of the Rings. Like, really love The Lord of the Rings. I mean, I may not speak fluent Sindarin, but if you need someone to annoyingly contextualize every scene during your next viewing, rambling something about appendices and Silmarillions, I'm your guy. Fortunately for me, the last 50 years of tabletop gaming has seen some great and truly awful takes on the setting. The problem is that many of these games, even the really good ones, are like the books themselves, long, unwieldy, and too broad of scope for most people to bother with. Fantasy Flight Games The Lord of the Rings The Card Game defies these expectations, attempting to pack an engaging, cooperative, strategic, and thematic adventure into a 60-minute time frame, and incredibly, it works. On LCGs. Before we get to the game itself, this is a living card game. That means two things. First, you probably won't get the full enjoyment out of this game unless you are willing to construct a deck. And second, the base set is more like a starter pack, trying to get its hooks into you so Fantasy Flight Games can sell you more and more cards down the road. Fortunately, LCGs sell fixed packs of content with full playsets of cards, and there are ample resources online to help you construct decks or even provide card lists for you. So if you get past those two hurdles, then keep reading and let's see if this game is worth the proposed addiction. Book 1. The Fellowship of the Rules. The cards set out. Players each control up to three heroes that start in play. The player decks have the various equipment, events, and allies that will aid their heroes in conquering or more likely suffering brutal defeat in each game's quest. Heroes belong to one of four factions, colors, and produce resources that can purchase cards in hand matching their faction. The four pre-constructed decks that come with the game correspond to the factions, but to have any success beyond the first quest, players will have to start combining decks and colors to balance their respective strengths and weaknesses. The game starts with setting up the quest in the encounter deck. The quest, usually separated into three stages, dictates the types of enemies, locations, and events in the encounter decks, and also explains the special rules and objectives to win the game. Encounter decks are in groups of 10 to 20 cards, with a symbol that can be used in different quests. The quest simply shows a collection of symbols, and you shuffle those cards together. I really love that. It's simple and clever. It makes the whole world come to life, seeing little bits from a previous quest crop up again, but comboing in new and strange ways. For instance, in one quest you may use the Spiders, Mirkwood, and Dol Guldur encounter decks, but in another you'd use the Dol Guldur, Sauron, and Gundabad orc cards. You actually feel like you're exploring the world, becoming more familiar with the inhabitants and locations even as you are making new discoveries. The game goes south. 
The gameplay largely consists of encounter cards being revealed and players finding ways to discard them through exploration or combat. Encounters left in the staging area increase the shadow in play, making it more difficult to succeed when questing. There's another beautiful example of mechanics successfully conveying theme. You really feel the pressure as Sauron's dominion grows more vast and powerful each turn. Players manage a dangerous juggling act as they choose whether the characters, heroes and allies, will quest, defend, or attack. By questing, you advance the story and discard location encounters, but leave yourself vulnerable to attack. By focusing solely on combat, the players defeat enemies and are well defended, but Sauron's strength grows and eventually causes the end of the game. Book 2, The Two Towers of Theme One of the challenges that card games face is maintaining a consistent and cohesive art direction. Fortunately, FFG must have prioritized art as one of the main pillars of design. Simply put, it's beautiful. The landscapes are sweeping, the villains are looming and dangerous, and the heroes are valiant. In spite of the dozens of artists who work on this game throughout the years, they still manage to capture the essence of Tolkien's stories. It's exactly what you expect out of a high-quality Lord of the Rings game, but it's not very original. The base set in particular is heavily influenced by the great John Howe, one of the premier Tolkien artists working today. Howe's artwork is iconic. He was a consultant on Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies. He's illustrated many releases of Tolkien's work. He is the basis for most modern interpretations of Middle-earth. As much as I love this style, I feel like it's a missed opportunity to bring to life Tolkien's world with a fresh vision. Don't get me wrong, I don't think the game suffers for it. In fact, some styles could have been far worse than what we got. It just feels very safe in an otherwise bold game. The ring goes to the player on your left. The best thing about this game is that the mechanics reinforce the theme, and the theme reinforces the mechanics. Of course, sometimes your cards will contradict the story. What is Bilbo doing in the Gap of Rohan? But that's okay. It's a sandbox, a Middle-earth what-if. The important part is that the characters feel thematically appropriate and true to how they would have behaved in the stories. Aragorn is a great leader who is strong and flexible. Denethor has farsight and can peer into the darkness, but little willpower to go on. Eowyn has incredible force of will, allowing you to push forward in quests. And because the game has a sense of urgency due to occurring shadow, you are rewarded for bold action, even if a character will meet their demise. Speaking of which, did I mention that this game was hard? In my first 10 games, we won three times. It wasn't until we began messing around with the deck's construction that we saw through the matrix and understood how we could tailor our decks to the challenges of each quest. Soon we were analyzing our losses like football coaches, strategizing where we needed to be more aggressive or more defensive, swapping certain cards out like players on a field, and reattempting each quest we failed. I love that the game encourages players to retool their deck after losing a game. Not only does it encourage a deeper understanding and participation with the game, but the cooperative nature alleviates most of the pressure of deck building. Book 3. The Return of the Reviewer The War of the Wallet Let's get back to the LCG bit from earlier. If you are still on the fence about this game, I strongly encourage you to check the game out. It is one of, if not my favorite game based on Tolkien's work. Middle Earth Quest holds a special place in my heart. But should you buy into it? 
that's another story. The base set alone has four half-size player decks and three quests, which range from easy to near impossible with the provided decks. There's just enough in there to mix up the decks and start coming up with clever combinations, but once you've beaten the quests, you aren't really left with much to do. Because you have such a small pool of cards, rerunning the quest doesn't provide the thrill that it once did, and the quests themselves will start to become predictable and stale. The game doesn't have the simplicity of Pandemic or Ghost Story, so replaying the game with only slight variations can become a chore without letting it rest for a while in between. So, if you are going to get this game, I recommend also getting one or two deluxe expansions soon after so that you have a greater variety of cards to play with. Side note, Google Tales from the Cards Lord of the Rings LCG Buying Guide for advice on which expansion packs to buy. Not only will the new quest be a breath of fresh air, but trying out vastly different decks on the quests you've already beaten will make them come to life again. It's a hard sell, though. You're spending time, money, and energy that could be put towards playing more different games. But if you're a Tolkien nerd like me, you have an interest in a game that plays equally well with one or two players, or you are really into co-op games and deck building, this really may be a perfect platform to sink your teeth into, like Gollum and that fish in the opening of The Return of the King. The end of the review age. Wow, that was a bit longer than I expected. I guess sometimes you open a new document and there's no telling where your fingers may take you. I adore this game. It breathes to life the rich and vast world of Tolkien's writing while maintaining the excitement of the groundbreaking movies that brought the Lord of the Rings into the mainstream. You and your teammates will take bold risks and pull them through against great odds, and when you become comfortable tooling around with your deck, it becomes just as rewarding to lose as it is to win. Each turn is a satisfying, strategic puzzle with just enough information withheld that there's never an obvious or perfect solution. In spite of so many cards... The quests themselves maintain an elegance in how they are set up and constructed, so it never feels like a chore to play. My only disappointment with the game is that the base set feels like an incomplete product, and instead, as intended, it is a platform to expand upon. I wish FFG would just release a new base set that comes with double the amount of content in the current one, providing more deck-building options and a greater variety of quests right out of the gate but maybe a satisfying self-contained set would go against their intended business model. In spite of that, I highly recommend this game to anyone who cares deeply about the universe, who wants a little more strategic oomph in their cooperative games, and especially for couples who may be interested in constructing decks without the pressure of competing directly against one another. Both as a huge Tolkien nerd, and as someone who has played hundreds of hours of CCGs and LCGs, this is one of the finest card games to ever be released. Wow, am I a Tolkien geek? Man, I can't believe that I wrote into here. I guess sometimes you open a new document and there's no telling where your fingers may take you. I almost feel like Bilbo Baggins winking back at Frodo like, Hey, boy, did you read my review there? But 
nonetheless, I am proud of this. This is kind of crazy. Uh, also, the subheaders and headers here, book one, Fellowship of the Rules, the card set out, and the game goes south, the treason of comfort. Uh, the, <laughs> I remember thinking about these titles way too much. Like I, I had written most of the review and then I started structuring things. In fact, this is the first time that I use subheaders. As an anecdote, I think I posted the last review, the Mystic Veil one on Reddit, and I got a lot of good response out of that, but someone wrote, hey, it would be really cool if you had subheaders on here, uh, so that way people could jump to the sections that they really want to get to. If they have to walk away, they can come back and know exactly where they are, and also it helps to organize your thoughts a lot more. And it was a brilliant aha moment, and from that point on, I started using them, not only as a way of organizing content, but also to reinforce thematic elements inside of the review, something that I still do and is like a core tenant of the reviews that I write. And it's not perfectly employed here. Uh, in fact, it's kind of nebulous uh, what exactly I'm talking about in the, the War of the Wallet, or the ring goes to the player on your left. But um, it's a start, you know? It's something there. So I had a lot of fun writing this review. Um, as I mentioned throughout the entire thing, I'm a huge Tolkien geek. Like, I'm looking at right now a sepia-toned map of Middle-earth right up against my wall in the studio here. Uh, my son is named after an obscure Tolkien character. Uh, I am a huge fan. I've read the book several times. The audiobooks, the it's all there. If you want to talk Tolkien, come talk to me. Which is why when I did the interview with the co-designer of The War of the Ring, Francesco Nepitello, I was over the moon because this is a guy who knows his Tolkien stuff and cared about it just as much as I did. And so this podcast, this cardboard heraldness has opened new avenues to me. Now, as far as the review itself uh, and my opinions of the game, in truth, I don't play it as often as I'd like to. I got hung up on a quest against some trolls that really kind of flattened us over and over and over again, mercilessly, in spite of everything that we uh, tried. And I'm really hesitant to the idea of buying new cards in order to handle the quests that we already have. But usually once every month or so my wife and I still go like oh, man maybe we should try those trolls again and I think I think we're going to get it next time and then maybe it'll be time to buy a few more packs but as a hobby that you occasionally get a, a pack or two for every couple of months and dig into things and look over the new cards I'm still a big fan of Lord of the Rings the LCG so thank you so much for listening to the Cardboard Herald reviews of the Lord of the Rings, the living card game. If you got opinions on the game, you got opinions on Tolkien, or you got opinions on cooperative games, then you should let me know. Email cardboardherald at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Cardboard Herald. We post new The Cardboard Herald Reviews episodes every other week on Fridays. And then we also have new interviews every week on our other channel, The Cardboard Herald. You can find all of this on our website, www.cardboardherald.com, as well as other reviews, news, and all kinds of good stuff. So thanks one more time for listening. 
And for the Cardboard Herald, I've been Jack Eddy, and you keep on gaming. Thank you.